everybody. The con artist here. Uh, we're all together. So me, Sue, Scott. Hey. Dan. Yo. And Brendan. Hello. All together to talk about Keep Your Hands Off Azoken, which was our uh, rolling review show for winter 2020. Uh, before we get into just yakking about all the great things, there's a story as to how we picked this one. So, Brendan, tell us a story. Um, so to begin with, we had looked over the list as uh, in the same, a similar way that we did to a, uh, a another podcast that may come out around the same time as this, only for last season. And we were looking at the front runners, and we were kind of split between uh, Somali and the Forest Spirit and It Invaded. Mm. Uh, having watched the two of them, I wasn't really sold on Somali, and it is not my thematic cup of tea. So I, I I dove a little deeper to a recommendation that we had gotten from a friend of ours, and liked it a whole lot. Uh, pitched it to the group, and everybody that saw it jumped on board. Yeah, it was good. Like you pitched to Dan, and Dan was like, "Hey, this is really good. I'm changing my vote." And then it came to me, and I watched it. I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I'm changing my vote." And then we gave it to Sue. And it was really funny because I was really stressed during this time, and I, I didn't have time. And all of you guys, like one after the other, were like, "So amazing, yes. So double amazing, yes." And I was like, "Okay, this has to be great. By osmosis, yes." And then Scott <laughs> Scott sat with me and watched episode one, and I was like, "Oh my god, yes. Everything about the show, yes." Because I completely glossed over this when I first. Uh when I first heard about it, I don't know if it was just like me too. didn't grab me or I wasn't, or I wasn't really reading it as deeply. I don't know what it was going on because you know, the moment I actually went into the premise, it was fantastic. Well, it was kind of like, Oh yeah, girls are going to do a club and make anime. And you're like, well, there's, there's a lot of club anime out there. Like, you know, it, it didn't jump out at you from the description, there, but yeah. boy, once you got into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of that really comes down to the girls' personalities, but we'll get into that as we, uh, get deeper into the show so i guess just the very you know i hope that you have followed the show along with us or caught up on it by now because it is fantastic but the basic premise is yeah it is just that it is three girls uh from very different backgrounds getting together and forming their own film studies club which is actually you know an excuse for them to make their own anime in high school and their high school is kind of weird it's in this oh my goodness i love that high school oh yeah it's this <laughs> It's this weird, not not ramshackle, but like everything is built on top of itself. Uh, like the teachers, uh, the teachers' main office is in an old, uh, an old dream swimming pool, and like all sorts of other stuff. Um, and the school itself is just very, very odd in general. There's a lot of weird clubs, and the student and the student council holds like almost oh. military control over the rest of the school. It's pretty cool. That was one of the weird parts about the show as far as the title drop is that they only ever use the phrase, like, keep your hands off of the student council. Mm. And they only use it once. That's true. Yeah. Huh. I guess it's just kind of a turnabout on that, but... It is. It's, I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah. But yeah, you have these three girls. Um, Akasuka? Uh, Asakusa. 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 Sorry, I can always... The names, the names are all very... They have a rhythm to them, and I always get that messed up. But yeah, Asakusa is uh, sort of our main character, and she's the uh, she's the idea person. She's the director and produ uh, not producer, but uh, director and concept uh, art, concept yeah. art and uh, design backgrounds, that kind of thing. She's the one who sort of, sort of uh, has the has the whole idea in her head of this beautiful world that she wants to draw. You've got uh, Kanamori, her friend, who is the producer. And if I ever have a producer as ruthless and efficient <laughs> as Kanamori, I will be a lucky man. 
Uh, and then finally, the uh, the one who sort of sparks their idea of you know forming this club and making animation is uh, Mizusaki, who is a uh, model, but also uh, the daughter of two actors. So she's kind of got a bit of that in her, but what she really wants is to be an animator, and she loves hand-drawn animation, character animation, uh, you know, posing, all of that kind of stuff. And between the three of them, they figured, you know what, we've got the makings of you know, a decent, uh, of a decent club here, why don't we give it a try? And Kanamori is there in the background like, I see a way to make money off of this. <laughs> and so they yeah, all she's get very together. focused on, like, she actually doesn't care anything for anime. She's like, I'm more interested in the business side of this. Yeah, the business, uh, the finances, the economics. The money. Yeah. The cash money. I just exactly. want to throw it out, so just starting us off, there's just unbounded optimism in this show, and I absolutely do not want to belittle the fact that, you know, people in the anime industry are overworked, underpaid, underappreciated. You know, it, it happens all the time. But I feel like we are inundated with that a lot, if you read into any sort of animation news or stuff like that, if you keep up with the industry. It's, it's not a secret, right? We know that, we get that a lot, and it kind of turns you into this very jaded person, because when you get to see how the sausage is made, so to speak, you're like, oh, you know, I'm enjoying these things made off of the backs of, effectively, slavery. Um, instead, this show just chose to put a really positive spin on the whole idea of making animation, going on a creative venture, and that was so unbelievably refreshing to me. Like, mm. I loved every minute of it. I was so happy watching this show. Uh, it was really funny because my husband would be like, honey, honey, is Azokin on? Is Azokin? I'm like, I'm trying to make dinner, babe. And he's like, but Azokin could be on. We could watch it, yeah? And I'm like, oh. So it just, it made us so happy, all of these girls working together to do this. And it radiates passion. I mean, it just, it shows you what it takes for people to make anime that we all love that's just a cut above the rest, like pouring yourself into something and coming out with something extraordinary. So that was really big for me. I, I don't watch a lot of shows that have this endless supply of we can do it and, and this optimistic attitude. So that was huge. Yeah, I also really liked, so in addition, I agree that there's a great deal of optimism, but like it's it's like clear eyed, I'm going to say about it. Uh, like, especially on the business side, like there's a plenty of shows, like you've said, where they make anime for the love of it, or they make it and they show you the, the negative sides. Uh, but rarely do you see like, kind of like the business side of it, which Kanamori is kind of all about. Like, why do certain things happen during production? Why do we have to like sometimes cut corners or use repeated animations? Well, this is why there's good reasons for it. And we're like, we're going to show you those. Uh, and also, those characters do work really, really hard to make this anime. Like, they're definitely also, they're optimistic, but it doesn't look easy, mm -hmm. uh, which I appreciate. They're not like, oh my God, making anime is super fun. Like, you know, there's nothing bad about it. They're just optimistic about doing it, even if it is hard, which I liked a lot. Yeah, they're very passionate about doing it, which sort of trumps over the difficulties. But yeah, you're you're correct. It's, it's very open-eyed. It's very honest. You know, they have to go get a sound director and putting the sound to picture is very complicated. They really pull in all these different elements that go into making an animated feature and how complex it is and how many things you have to juggle at once. So it understands the industry so incredibly well. I was basically going to agree with what you had just said, Scott, um, that it, it does have this more clear-eyed, uh, grounded view of things, even though the girls are obviously, you know, they're still students, they're 
very energetic and optimistic about it. Kanamori is the character who helps sort of bring them back down to earth a little bit, and in some cases <laughs> has to like, for Kanamori. Yeah, basically has to like physically restrain uh, Asakusa from like going off on another tear and trying to come up with a totally new concept before the current project is even done. So uh, she helps bring that again that business side of things is like what are we going to be able to do what do we have the capacity to do and how do we maximize that uh our work on that and also acknowledging that all right like what you girls are making is important she basically says to the, to, to her friends it's like what you're making is important i want people to see this but uh more importantly we need to in order to ensure that people are going to see that we need to capitalize on every advantage we have and one advantage we have is Mizusaki being a model so we're going to put her front and center everything's going to focus on her <laughs> as like you know the model that makes anime kind of creating this character out of her but uh, doing it for the purposes of convincing people to show it sort of helping to explain it's like why do they rely on a lot of these like cheap gimmicks or these you know rote characters Sometimes it's because they need to use that marketing, use that uh, that uh, shortcut to sort of get people to see what they're actually producing. And so, yeah. foot in the door. Yeah, to get yeah. If no one knows what you're doing, it doesn't matter how good it is. Exactly. You can have the best idea in the world, but if nobody sees it, it's not going to matter. But uh, I think what really grabbed me about it wasn't just the, you know, like you said, the passion and the, the clear view of the creative process. Because this can apply not just to, you know, anime, though it's obviously focused on that. It can also apply to things like games and to movies and TV and all other sorts of creative processes. Anything that involves a creative team, really. Um, but it's also the personalities of the girls. Because mm. each one of them has a super strong, clearly defined personality their own quirks, their own, you know, passions and their own uh, strengths and weaknesses that come through all the time in a some of the most consistent characterization I've ever seen. And they're wacky and they're funny and they are, you know, just a joy to watch. But they're never too much, really. They never, they never cross that line into, I cannot believe this person exists. Or that <laughs> yeah, that was really big. Them. I agree. Another thing, if if you guys weren't following along with the website, like, this show, like, took the concept of Moe and just pile-drived it into the ground and was like, we're going to be so anti that, it's not even going to be funny. And it's fantastic. So yeah. Like, they, they don't look anything like you would think stereotypical anime girls look. So, big thumbs up for that. I'll just, you know put my little aside there there's so much artistic flexing happening in the show oh, yeah. it's really amazing you look at it from the get-go and this is probably why dan you and i jumped clean over it looking at live chart you're like ah, i mean that animation looks like it was made by 10 year olds but it's shocking it really is they'll swap from the regular animation of the show they go into this sort of soft pastel -y thing for when they're doing their sort of fantasy, I call it the Muppet Babies segment, <laughs> where they have little adventures that go along with what they're animating. Uh, they, they swing all the way around into like hyper detailed sketch art and doing the sketch art oh, that I goes love into her concept Holy art. crap, it's just amazing. Um, all the way into like not super detailed, but 
a lot of the concept art like for world building it's just it's swinging all over the place and if you're watching it's such a range an immense range of artistic skill is on display in this episode or sorry in this show in the show so wow that's absolutely and one of the best things about it is that whenever they cut to concept art view it's you hear them making the sound oh, yeah. effects. Oh my gosh, They're the doing mouth all the foley. foley. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Like, as they run around or do whatever, you're like, oh, that's cool. It's, it's so great. <laughs> uh, two quick things I want to bring up without stealing all the thunder of this podcast. Um, one thing that was huge was, I think, not only do the writers of the show have a really strong grasp of the creative process of making anime, they also have a really strong grasp of the pitfalls of making anime as well. So you get this Asakusa, one of her big things is detail. She's super detail oriented. Mm. There's a sequence where she's like trying to weld or paint something on a spaceship. And she's like, oh, would this like metal gun even work? Would this paint gun even work out here in space? Don't I need to have like this magnetic type of thing? And would this actually like she's super into the details of the world and how things things operate. Uh, like the robot club short she's just like oh, oh yeah she's like obsessing over the fact that the robot like needs to look a certain way function a certain way like how would it stand up and then you've got mizusaki on the other side being like well if it's shaped like this this is how it should move this is how a chainsaw should sound what are its weapons and why do they make sense and kanamori is there to be like rein it in guys rein it in we only have this <laughs> much time and you could see as much as that it's played for laughs and you're excited by all the details that are thrown at you. You could have just as easily see the shadow to that light right there. You know, the penumbra to its light and be like, this is how things go off the rails. This is how this somebody goes, creates. well, I need this and I need that. Or, you know, a complete absence of detail. The robot's going to have dreadlocks. Thanks, Overman King Gainer. Like, no oh, one stopped that. Well, that was deliberate. It, it doesn't matter. Like... The robot can't have dreadlocks, right? Like, why would you ever allow that to happen? Because no one thought about the details, right? What was it that Kanamori said? It's like, I know you're, I know you're enjoying this, but normal people have to watch this too. Yes, normal people have yeah. to watch because that's the the point where she wants to make the lasers invisible. Because she's like, which well, I think is rad, but that's me. That's amazing. Yeah, you can't see the spectrum of light, but. I actually was on the opposite end. I think if I watched something that had invisible lasers all the time as as part of, say, a show, I would be annoyed. While I understand the science behind it, it would annoy me. I need the visual cue. So I'm actually on Team Kanamori with that one. But yeah, it's it's this interesting balance of, of detail, what the viewers need to be able to experience, and time constraints right so it's so easy time to see because yeah. they build such a fantastic view of the creative process you can very easily mentally take it into spinning clean off the rails you're like this is how anime gets gets screwed up yeah like the last uh sort of animation they make in particular the one where it's like the ufo battle uh like pretty close to the end they're like well we've got a giant battle and we've also got like some prisoners and we've got a dance party. And Katamori's like, how do any of these things go together? And like, you can see like, well, we've got all these cool ideas, but there's nothing that connects them yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's echoed by everyone else. The art club comes in and they're like, why is Shibahama battle ready? How did we get these weapons? And Asakusa's like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Every question begets more questions. 
you know, like, and there's plenty of anime. I think everyone's seen an anime when you're like, you guys didn't think this all the way through. Like you had, I don't know, a couple of cool action scenes or whatever and an ending, but you didn't know how you were really going to get from one to the other. Uh, and you could easily see how it could have gone wrong. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, another item I want to mention is how uh, the show really keeps track of all its tiny details So, and then executes on them later on. Uh, there's a sequence where Mizusaki, like really early on, one of the early episodes, is talking about how much she loves animation. And she does this little like roll down a hill. And she's like, I love capturing like this kind of animation. And it feels like this throwaway scene, right? And then later, when you watch their first short, which is like, I call her not Nausicaa, not Nausicaa versus uh, a tank, that girl lands on the desert planet and does this roll down a hill to avoid some of the lasers the uh, or the bombs that the tank is shooting. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the Misusaki roll. It's the exact same animation as what she did in that scene over in episode one or two or whatever. Like, you guys kept track of that put it into the short to show me that little pieces of an animator make it into the show like just another layer of of love for animation and i was like yeah that's that's the misusaki moment like she clearly animated this and i was just enamored with later on looking for little details that scream her or little details that scream asakusa you know and they keep bringing those up now and then it's a consistent the tea. Thing. The tea, the, uh, the the chopsticks, the chopsticks, the way she, the way one of the characters yeah. holds them, which is Mizusaki holds weird. them completely wrong. Yes. Speaking of Mizusaki, actually, I gotta just give a quick shout out to the fact that uh, her parents in that show, like for a, for, we don't really see anyone's parents for most of it because it's focused so much on their uh, activities at the club and at school. Um, but uh, when we hear about Mizusaki's parents and the way she talks about them, you immediately think like. Oh, they like they for some reason they don't want her involved in animation. Like they don't anything to do with anime. They don't they don't want her near it. They even send like thugs to to uh, follow her into school, or at least that's like the way that she paints it to keep her from going to the anime club. And uh, so when we finally get a chance to meet them, we're like, oh geez, like I think I know how this is gonna go. You know, they're gonna be like you know super disapproving, and then she's gonna have to win them over or something like that. And it's like no, they actually just like you know what, we were wrong about this. Like, she's, uh, you know, she obviously, you know, enjoys what she's doing, and this is something we want to support. Also, kind of like the moment, like, the mother was, like, turns to the father and is like, wait, you sent thugs after our daughter so she couldn't join the club? And he's like, yeah, I thought it was in accordance with what you wanted. She's just like, she just kind of <laughs> sighs, like, eh. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it turns out they're actually, you know, it's like, they and they fully recognize that they have not been know around for her the way that normal parents should because you know they're so busy with their own careers and you know it's like oh, maybe our expectations for her weren't quite right and it's just it's heartwarming to see that like they, there's no there's no waterworks it's just everyone finally opening up to each other and being you know being upfront and honest and it's just yeah. like you said it's it's another piece of positivity the show is the show is built on on positive vibes but not in like a you know sugary sweet uh, saccharine kind of way yeah uh so also switching us over a bit i just want to say how much i love the school and its clubs and especially the student council i think we talked about them a little oh, bit the world but... building is fantastic. just really scott i'm amazed you're not expanding out to the city itself because you the I city mean, you the in whole Shibahama itself is amazing dear japan i will pay cash money for like blueprints <laughs> of the city please please include it with the blu-rays please 
uh, it's amazing. It's so unique and weird, but it all sort like, of makes sense. Everywhere they go is cool. Yeah, like, like oh, well, of course you could see how, like, a, a bathhouse could end up being connected by some sky bridge to this laundromat. Like, it all feels like it organically got built that way. Mm-hmm. But, like, you look at it and you're like, how did this happen? It's so weird, but also cool. Mm-hmm. Bodged together and lived in, you know, there's, bridge, there's bridges and stairways that don't really go anywhere. There's, you know, it's like... It's like we have a clock on one of our uh, on one of our school buildings, but it's in such an awkward location that you can't see it from ninety percent of campus. So everyone watches this other clock across the bay. Yeah, like they built so much more school because the school is also just a giant hodgepodge that you can't even see the clock anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just what a great or like. And there's a constant theme of like water. Like there's canals everywhere and water and like roads that are now underwater or serve as like channels. It's the town has its own story that you're like, what is with this place? Like, I would love to explore more of this place. Mm-hmm. It can't get enough of it. Yeah, and I know the history of how this was built. Yeah, the town is its own. That's a great way to put it, Dan. Uh, I really That's have cool. one other item that was huge for me, and then I'll just chain off of you guys. Uh, this sort of steals the thunder to the proverbial lightning. Scott and Dan already mentioned, so very delayed thunder here. Um, a big, A big thing for me was... Get that episode which had Kanamori's backstory and quotations about as much backstory as we get for anyone in this <laughs> show. Um, you know, she's all about the money, right? So when you watch her in the beginning, you may be, your jaded self may be like, oh, well, she's just in it to profit off of Asakusa and Mizusaki's hard work. Um, I think, you know, you are you guys already got into what she explains as to why money is necessary, but I think just backing out into real space, we have this bad habit nowadays of thinking that money is always the enemy. Like, let's take a YouTube star who's putting out informative content. As soon as they get a sponsor, you're like, oh, they sold out. That's your thought, right? Like, they should be putting up all this effort for free. And that's not how any creative venture works. You, yeah, you or need... like the money has compromised their creative yes, integrity. exactly. And you, you need money to get a creative project through you know it's it's this idea that all oh, your creativity can only be driven by passion and and the want to create and it's it's such nonsense like the business-minded aspect of it is equally as important and why this was so huge is because i'm fairly jaded towards the way anime is made i think it's a lot of the times it's just a marketing venture or like, hey, this manga is pretty popular. We want to sell more manga. Just kind of crank something animated out and then they'll read more of the manga. Like I, I'm unclear how much actual Azokin passion goes into any animated thing nowadays uh, that isn't like Pixar or something. But having Kanamori kind of explain that almost felt like she was explaining it to me. It felt very personal where she's like, Yo, kid, everything's a business. I'm sorry, even this. It it doesn't have to hamper your creativity, but you need somebody in there who understands the marketing, who understands getting your foot in the door, who understands that you need to have taken care of this money-making venture ahead of time. You can't crank something out and then be trying to market it or making things in a vacuum. People need to be willing to open their purses first, and then, so you gotta draw them in, and then you gotta deliver. Okay, like that's part of the creative process. So really understanding how money plays a part, how business plays a part um, and, and seeing the whole creative venture in one giant connected sphere 
was incredible and the show's very real about it so loved that and it's the first time i've seen something like that really explain it in a way that i felt was right yeah they did a great job with that i agree and also like the the other part like sort of tied to money a little bit also with like deadlines oh, uh like yes. you're watching the, like the, like the first short they're doing you know they basically run up against this they have, there's a festival they're gonna make a thing for and you know if katamori wasn't there telling them you have to make this shorter you have to make these cuts you have to not draw everything by hand because otherwise you will not have a product there'll be nothing you will have a bunch of cool things like you'll have i don't know a minute of animation with no plot like we have to make changes if we're going to have a product yeah there's a sequence really really early on where she does some rapid math for you she's like guys even if you were drawing 24 hours a day for like 155 days with this many cuts sorry the other way around this drawing this for 24 hours a day with this many cuts you would need like a hundred and thousand hours or something she's like you don't have that time it's simple math and you're like oh yeah she's right either get rid of these cuts or invent a way to get 40 hours into a day yeah or give in to the computer okay it's there because like mizizaki's like i want to draw everything by hand and then you're watching you're like i understand that and kanemori's like we won't finish like you have to give on something Mm -hmm. yeah I want to uh, also circle around to, we've talked about Kanamori and uh, Mizusaki and how you know each of them has their own viewpoints on everything, but we haven't really talked too much about uh, Asakusa, and the thing that's great about her is, like, Asakusa is a bundle of nerves. She is, she is all <laughs> manner of... Her facial expressions make my life. Just uh, throwing that beautiful. out there. <laughs> they're just super <laughs> expressive and just incredible incredibly like well-timed and well-acted but uh you know we you have the artistic you have the artistic focus and the business focus and asakusa is the creative focus uh she loves exploring that's sort of like the way that we are introduced to her is she loves to you know explore weird places you know urban adventure that kind of thing um and is always prepared like carries around a backpack and like all kinds of weird equipment uh that you know makes sense for someone with her mentality of like always be prepared um and allows for some of the you know funnier moments in the uh in the show like when they're you know they were in a very they were in a position where they could very easily have been trapped in like an underground cistern for a while but it's like oh i actually have something for this and it made sense (laughs) it wasn't just pulled out of nowhere like this is dan you have no idea how much i was waiting for that sequence to end in failure like the (laughs) i'm so glad they actually get out of there (laughs) right it isn't like asakusa talks for five minutes about creating this like grappling whatever and then they you know you turn around and the other two have climbed out Mm -hmm. like nope they didn't this is the way out yep it worked and uh so like Again, and that exploration is from a love of discovery and a love of building worlds, and that translates into all of her work. Uh, The creative concepts often, you know, draw in, you know, mechanical or architectural elements from the town around them, which is already, you know, crazy and weird, and she wants to showcase that. Um, And because she has a very hard time dealing with large groups of people and she's fine around her friends but she's like the moment she has to deal with strangers or deal with like outside pressure you know she kind of wants to retreat into herself and just doesn't want to deal with it but because she's the director she has to and between you know Mizusaki sort of 
commiserating with her and like you know making sure that they have the time to do that exploration to be creative uh and kanamori you know sort of keeping her uh you know pushing her more towards like you need to make these decisions you need to have these plans let's make this happen the three of them together form this in this amazing creative team and it just shows so much of how it's it's not just the director it's not just the animators no one person no one rock star is able to create all of this without the buy-in from multiple talented and skilled people this kind of stuff would never happen and it makes you appreciate that in a way that a lot of anime i think just doesn't quite uh manage to do because we have a tendency to idolize people like you know miyazaki or whoever else you want to talk about um when it comes to uh, those roles. And this sort of shows, like, it can't be any one of these people. They are just part, they are one component, a very important component, but they are one component in a much larger team. And those people just... Yeah, because so you've also got, uh, like, you know, Domeki, who does their sound, mm-hmm. and, like, the art club, who does their backgrounds. The robot club that provides, uh, that provides their support in sort of the, I don't even know what you want to call it, the promotional aspect. Yeah, like there are a lot the of robot required, club so. for their sacrifice and running around like lunatics, and for oh. their amazing say you work. Oh. <laughs> Greatest, strongest robot club song. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, wow, the show. It's it's such a love letter to two D animation. You know, it wants to focus on all those little details and. Oh my gosh, watch this show. Uh, I really want to toss out one final thing for me is, this is something I actually don't bring up very often, which I probably should be looking out for more often, is the sound. I loved the little background music that would, when they were walking around town. I'm calling it right now. I don't even, like, Easy Breezy, op of the year. <laughs> oh, Holy absolutely. Cow. Easy Breezy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, get on that. And I really, like, the, the sound was so fitting for this show. I, I really loved it. The little, all the little... St- background music and the op phenomenal like great sound direction in this show mm-hmm. yeah and also and i loved like anything where they were doing sort of like sound design for their anime specifically like with dameki uh that sequence where they're and they do it visually so well like asakusa is running on a treadmill and they keep bringing up different terrain types for her to run across and they're like here's the sound effects we have for running and like it's like mud or grass or dirt and like it's the same sound because all they have is like you know whatever free sound they could find on the internet. And Domeki's like, no. I cannot let this stand. You you, you can't. You can't. And I was like, that's an amazing way of putting that. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have just said we don't have any sound effects, but instead you showcased why it's so important to have a variety of sound effects or it just doesn't work. Right, it doesn't immerse you. And, and chaining off of that, they have a sequence where they actually have Domeki putting the sound to one of their animation, visually doing it with waveforms. Oh, like with the spectrum. Yeah, there's the spectrum, yeah. Then she's literally, first of all, I, I just want to say it's in time with the freaking music. In time with the music, she's shrinking and growing and copying and pasting waveforms. So she's like stacked. She's like, this needs to go here. This needs to be attenuated. This needs to be boosted. This needs to move here. These two need to be separated. Move this. Delay this in time to the animation. So amazing. Just amazing. All right. I think that's just nonstop praise. I don't think I have there's anything bad to say. There's nothing bad to say. Watch the show. Watch the show right now. Yes. Get on it. It's so, it's so good. I would say if there's one thing, this is the this is the smallest thing. But Dan, I... you are fired from our team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Is that I'm getting my Kanamori face on right now. You're fired. 
<laughs> is that there is a certain level of uh I don't want to say predictability, but there's a rhythm that the show gets into when it starts, you know, basically it's three arcs of essentially the same storyline of them uh building up to a project, make the finishing that project and then showing off their work. And so the story really is just kind of that over and over. The so it can feel a little bit like we've gone through these motions before. But underneath that is, you know, this constant build of not just their skills, but their connections, their understanding of the business and their understanding of the production process. And each stage shows how they have learned and what they have learned so that by the end of it, rather than being just a bunch of, you know, talented and ambitious amateurs, they're, you know, they're an actual team. They each know what their roles are, and while there are still hiccups and disagreements, they very quickly sort of fall into place where they need to be and do what they need to do. So while that predictability might, you know, might be a little bit, uh, you know, might be a little bit of a drag at some points, I feel like it serves a very good purpose of demonstrating, while the scenario may be the same, how they have changed. So, yeah. And I feel like they they face different hurdles in each one of the projects as well, like or at least different ones are highlighted. That is true. Whether it's time or dealing with the contractor, mm-hmm. or not having to deal with the contractor, dealing with your own creative process, mm-hmm. or dealing with the like roadblocks that the school puts up. That's true. Yeah, like political considerations that aren't part of the creative process at all, but still have to be taken into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like Dan was saying, sort of the, if not the buy-in, the interference of of outside forces, right? Like, all of that makes up the creative process. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I don't know. I have nothing else I could possibly, uh, you know, I could say, you know, the same things about this show for hours. It's, you know, it's absolutely fantastic. But I think that really covers just about everything that we were hoping to hit, unless you guys have anything left. No, it's funny. It's heartwarming. It loves 2D animation. It has fantastic writing, great sound direction. Watch the show, please. Please watch the show. It deserves it deserves all the praise it gets. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, that's all the time we have. And I'm glad I'm glad this one came up. So great job, Brendan, throwing this into the mix. Yeah. Thumbs up. We All right. Well, catch you next time. Thank you.